Are you ready to take action to attain the lifestyle of your dreams? It's a great way to make a lot of money fast, fast, fast. Hey, what's going on, Clever Investors? Sperber here. We are back, and today we are on the road here in sunny San Diego Best at Billy Jean is Marketing's Hello. office. We got the fantastic, the amazing Billy Jean with us. What's up, homie? I appreciate you, man. Can you just acknowledge that San Diego is the superior city as opposed to anything in hot-ass fucking Arizona? Mm. I need acknowledgement. You know, yeah, I, I would agree. Thank you. Weather-wise. I mean, that's it, though. That's it. That's, it. that's all you guys have. That's all I'll, 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. <laughs> Fine. That's it. Have you been to Scottsdale? Touche. Yeah, I was going to say, dude, we're a lot of ASU Scottsdale, pulls Scottsdale a lot of weight. is a blast. I've never had a bad time in Scottsdale. I actually renege on what I said. There you go. Yeah. Well, you know, the key is making so much damn money. That you can live that in you both. You can have houses wherever you want. I like that. I like All that. right. All right. So today, look, Billy, you're one of my absolute favorite people in entrepreneurship. Jesus, obviously I can get marketing. like close friend or like yeah, just. Yeah, obviously. Well, I was getting there. Okay. Obviously in marketing. Um, we become really, really good friends over the years. I love you not for your accomplishments in business. I love you for your energy, your spirit. You're always up for a good time. You're a truly good friend, and uh, I just appreciate you. We, I, you're the dude I call when I got to bounce ideas off of. You know, behind this, it's good to have friends like Billy, guys. If if you're not following Billy Jean, by the way, this episode is going to be absolute fire because um, uh, he he's just been through it all. A lot. You you you've gone through a good good what two decades, about twelve years. About twelve years. Thirty three right now. But I got in the, I got in the business game early. I failed early. We're gonna talk about that. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. I think that's important. A lot of especially on social media nowadays, everybody wants to look good. Yeah, we could talk L's only if you want. I mean, <laughs> no, I think it's good to have both. Um, all right. So let let's just start kind of at the beginning for people that don't you know they don't know you yet. Um, you run Billy Gina's Marketing. You're an education software company in the marketing space. How yeah. did you how did you get the name Billy Jean is Marketing? Tyler Perry. Tyler, <laughs> Tyler fucking Perry. All right. So I on the come up, when I came into the digital marketing game and I started as an agency, right? Everybody in there was an old ass white dude. And it was so fucking boring. And all VSLs were just like text and talk and i'm looking around like this can't be fucking serious is this really the industry like i'm going in this like i love marketing and i want to dominate and beat everybody's ass it was competitive but at the time tyler perry was blowing up now this isn't about liking tyler perry's movies but everybody has to respect their strategy so whenever you film a movie there's and you know this but there's always massive marketing budgets behind it right take like the avengers everyone talks about the sales but they Rarely mention the fact that they spent hundreds of millions of dollars in advertising, right? Well, go the same goes with most big movies. And Tyler Perry had budget behind him. And he was the only director that I saw make this negotiation. Hey, uh, let's put out the movie. But in the movie title, you have to say, Tyler Perry Presents. And so every movie, if y'all remember this, like look at 2009 to 15, whatever it is, it was... Tyler Perry presents Madea's going to jail. Tyler Perry presents my first husband. Tyler Perry presents Tyler Perry presents. And the next thing you know, 
he was one of like four entre- or four directors that you can actually name firsthand. Think, think, name directors right the fuck now. Spielberg. Yep. Tarantino. Tarantino. Spielberg. Tyler Perry. James You're putting Cameron. me on the spot. Like, but, yeah, but that's James the point, Cameron. though. Yeah. Is like, but that's the point. Is like, you can't name that many directors. So to me, that was so fucking smart. Is every single time he put out a movie, now he gets to leverage the millions of dollars that go behind that movie to brand himself, right. which made him. It was brilliant. So when I was thinking of Billy Jean marketing or whatever, I was like, Nah, Billy Jean is marketing because every single time I'm my guest on a podcast, I go on a show, I'm doing a speaking event. When they announce my shit. They say, Billy Jean is marketing. Boom. So everyone is, everyone is telling with their platforms, their things that I am marketing. And the second person that really inspired me with that is Gordon Ramsay. Because Gordon Ramsay is cooking. He's the motherfucker. When you think of cooking anything, it's Gordon. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to own the word. No one's even trying to own the word. No one's striving to be the marketer. I will. I'm going to own the fucking word. Love it. So you just started calling yourself your brand, the business, putting it all over everything. And then next thing you know, the the propaganda machine. The prophecy was fulfilled. It made it happen. Yeah. I mean, look, I I, I signed off every video, Cody's Purple Clever Investor, and it just became one over over the years. That's how I, and that's, that's how I knew you when I first started seeing your ads is like, oh, that clever investor guy. But even think about that. As I don't know you, I'm calling you a clever investor. Yep. That's a compliment in anybody's book. Like, man, he's an investor. He's so clever. I'm like, God, you motherfucker. Yeah, I tried for a while. Uh, the, the sexy investor. I, I threw out, <laughs> you know, big dick investor. None of them stuck. <laughs> Especially that one. Yeah, that one that, and that's well, the thing that about being honest in marketing, though. you know? <laughs> no, no, Nobody bought or sold houses with me. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't pull. Um, uh, <laughs> Can you imagine if you were the big dick investor? If I had, I, a, honest, if I, I had that big of a dick, I'd probably roll. But I'm gonna be honest dick. though. Like, but even think about that. Like you really probably will blow up. Like imagine if you did all your listings and shit and, and just like basketball shorts, and you just saw the outline or the sweatpants. So what would the tagline be like? Just we, the sweatpants. We, we go hard. Okay, look, I we played, go hard with houses. I, well, no, this uh, I, I, the best <laughs> thing ever. So I, I played on this pickup uh, football team, and. Uh, I had no, I played up with my cousin's friends. And then all of a sudden we like make it to the championship and the ref says our names. And I said, that's our fucking team name. And it was the sweatpant boners. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is fucking great. This is the dopest name ever. But I'm saying like the big dick investor who would not know that guy. You would pretty much. Yeah. I'm just saying if someone try it. If you're watching right now, give it a shot. The big dick investor. You better pack. No, like you got you got to literally have like a baby arm holding an apple. Maybe. Like it's got to be it's got to be or, legit. Or just get the right sweatpants. Well, it could be an optical illusion. You know, it could yeah, be the pleats. The right, yeah, exactly. All right, well, <laughs> all right. So um, you're now Billy Gina's marketing, big dick marketing. Uh, the GoDaddy guy, he's kind of like that. He uh, <laughs> the, oh, the, when he put like all the girls in the videos. And well, stuff? no, no, no. Just like like his form of marketing is very aggressive, like that, mm. where it's like. You know, like he now owns PXG. He's like, you know, uh, the best what's PXG he, uh, golf clubs. Oh, Super okay. expensive ass. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a pair. I, I played him twice. The guy, guy. The guy sold me. So you know, you roll into the wait. How rich is he? He's go the go daddy dude. He's go daddy. That's oh, billion. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah he's no, he's way up there. He owns he owns like half half of Scotts though. Um, but anyway, he started PXG and uh, uh, 
his marketing is kind of like the, you know, nobody bakes, makes golf clubs better than me. You know, uh, that's, that's like cool. kind of like, but anyway, all right. Your Billy Jean is marketing now. Yeah. Do you f- worry that you can't be anything else? Um, you know what I'm saying? Like what's life yeah, after yeah. Billy Jean is marketing? Like, ha- are you always like, how do you sell that brand? What's the um, game plan? Cause you're at the top of the game in the marketing education. Space. And that small world. Right. I, I think it's, it's more like making the sport bigger. So for example, like when, when Tony Robbins or Tony Robbins, Tony Hawk, right. When Tony Hawk gets into skating, well, skating's dinky. Nobody gave a fuck about skating, but then skating blew up and you know, now he's the face of this dinky thing, but now it's this big thing to the point where when they made a video game, they go to Tony Hawk because there wasn't a lot of players in the field. He was the guy. So all the opportunities came. Right now, you got two things happening. Entrepreneurship is now popular over the last decade, and I think it's going to continue to grow as athletes and musicians continue to cross over there. And when they do, what's like the first subcategory of entrepreneurship? Marketing, right? Like everyone calls it the word market. I mean, truth be told, I'm not even a fucking marketer. I'm an advertiser. Mm. Right, like what's the I, difference? I, I think marketing. Yeah, let me let me explain. That's a good question. I think marketing is the big umbrella of everything that it takes to like get customers or build brand. So, for example, people see somebody like do a crazy PR stunt, like Kanye. Man, he's such a good marketer. No, specifically, that's he's great at PR. That's a great public relations stunt. He's great at manipulating media, or he's great at getting attention, or he's great at getting people to write about them which is a form of marketing, right? So it's not wrong. It's just marketing is so fucking broad. Like imagine if someone said like he's good at fitness. Like, nope. People will be like, what does that mean? You, you can't even, like, what does that mean? Is he, good? is he friend fast? Is he a bodybuilder? Is he good eating? What does that mean? So I think that's where marketing is at, is everyone's just tossing shit on it. So the leg that I go on is advertising. I'm the one who pays platforms to show shit to people. And then I make more than I spend. That's what I do. Yeah. I actually own the name Billy Jean's Advertising because I was thinking about a brand switch. Okay. But it wasn't as big. And I don't care I, about I, selling it either. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you're bigger than advertising too. Yeah, I, I think, I think when the I market... Think, when I think of your potential, yeah. I think Well, look, Gordon, Gordon Ramsay is bigger than food now, but you still know him as the food guy. Elon is bigger than Tesla. He's still Tesla, but he used to be the PayPal guy. So I think whatever venture I'm on will be the focus. And I think I'll take over Billy Jean. But from an SEO standpoint, Michael Jackson really fucked me with that. <laughs> Seriously. Like it's the, it really owns the SEO. So I think is All right. So quick, quick question on the marketing side. Um, I'm a new business, right? And this pertains to real estate investors, anybody starting a new business. Um, what's more important out of the gates? Brand or customers? Customers. It just doesn't exist without it. Okay. Right, like, there's no, you, you know, you have to make money to survive. I, I think people get so caught up in, oh, well, that was good brand exposure. You have to pay your fucking bills. You have to pay your fucking team. You have to pay to live. To me, like, it starts with money, unless you and I go into something, right? You and I go to something at this point in our careers, it actually isn't money right away because whatever little money came from it at first wouldn't it be exciting to us. We're like, we need some big picture. So we would probably both be like, fuck it. Let's go all in. Let's build up the brand and, and get a big ass fucking check. All right. So, but I see people making this mistake all the time and it drives me kind of crazy. They're like, you know, I got to get on Instagram. I got to get 20,000 followers. I got to get That's engagement ego. going. Well, they, in their mind, they're thinking, okay, I'm building a little brand. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it out there. 
but Bro, that's, they're, that's but they're not converting. They're not converting any of that into sales, into customers, right? And, and they're like, not. Even, they're not even like, posting. No, dude, that's like playing the fucking game and losing and saying, "Yeah, man, but I, I played hard. I gave it my all." You fucking lost. Mm. You fucking lost. Same thing. It's like, hey, you know, we didn't get any sales from that event, but our name got out there. Shut the fuck up. You caught an L, right? And I say that because when people don't own the fact that they caught an L, they don't do anything to change it. It's like, you should be asking yourself, what could you have done better to get the brand exposure and brought the money in? How could you have done both? Stop acting like everything is either or. You can do both. You can build brand while you're building money. Matter of fact, I would argue that everything that you do shapes someone's perception of your brand. Every fucking post is your brand. Every appearance, every speaking gig, that is a collection of your brand. It's just what people see. I like advertising because you get to choose what people see. You know what I mean? Like, and most companies are too small where other people are talking about you. So the only stories about you on the internet are the ones that you put out. So how could you not have a fucking amazing brand? You're making it up. You make it up. Just think about that, right? Like, I love when people come up to me like, oh, how do you want to receive? It's like, my brand is perceived how the fuck I want it to receive. All you guys see is ads of me. I got like fucking two posts on IG and like jack shit on YouTube. You are what the fuck I tell you I am. That's who I am. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's why I like advertising. You control your whole narrative, you know? So uh, when, you're, when you're picking your new business and you're picking a platform to dominate, mm. where would you push them? <sighs> I think you have to self-audit and say like, what are you actually good at? You know what I mean? So for example, you're a video guy. So am I. We're unicorns in that sense. Most people don't like to do videos. You know what I mean? So if you're a writer, probably Facebook. If you're, you know, a, a pictures guy, you know, Instagram. If you're a video guy, maybe YouTube or now TikTok, right? If you like to twerk and shake that ass, definitely TikTok. If, you've got, if you're the you, big you dick know investor, what? You TikTok. Know, you know sweatpants. what's interesting about Reels. TikTok? I'm seeing more and more older. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> If you're the big dick investor, uh, I'm seeing more older people get on TikTok right now, and they're doing really well. They're doing well. So and imagine it's in, showing so, a house you wear sweatpants every time, Cody. It would just kill it. Sorry, go ahead. If uh, if if you are scared of TikTok, you shouldn't be right now. The views are crazy. I don't know what the outcome is for those people that are getting the views. I don't know if it's translating into any sales. Right. Um. Uh. But. I I have uh, some people in our OSNAP downline. Yeah, I are crushing 50, it. 50, 55 years old, never done social media ever before. They're just running around handing people surge saying, hey, try this. And, and, and then filming them and then just putting it all, they don't even edit the video. It's like so shitty. <laughs> and they put it on TikTok and they're, and they're getting people saying, what is that? How does that work? And since it's a network mm. marketing business, they're like, oh, you want me to send you a sample? Yeah, yeah, send me a sample. And oh, then he cool. gets he gets downline. He builds his team. You, you know what's fun that. about that is I like how the marketplace is rewarding. Um, what's the opposite of perfection? Like just raw. Like right now on almost every platform, the videos that are just like you and I, like on a selfie, like even this, like we're all fancy with our cameras and shit right now. But like the ones that are really getting play on social are just the hold up your cell phone and go. I think people have a really adverse reaction to polished. People really get mad. Like nobody, like you just immediately don't trust it, right? Nobody trusts the news anymore. Nobody, the fake everything. Like, so the second that they see you being polished, they're just like, what are you trying to sell me? And this is fake. Like, and people aren't paying attention to that. But my best ads right now are single cam or cell phone just talking to the fucking camera. 
The biggest feedback I get with my older ads that were either teleprompted or scripted out and, you know, yeah, it yeah. was kind of like, a, you know, I was more like an actor sure. in them, uh, was that it's, you know, car salesman-y. Mm-hmm. You have too much energy. You're coming out too aggressive and all this. I mean, I made a ton of money from those ads. Yeah. So it was working. Uh, the best ones are always the the super raw, yes. the off the cuff raw. And I think the pendulum swings. Because well, imagine wearing a condom. People, people, people got super uh, annoyed with uh, with the polished. I think the game just changed and you got you got to adapt. Like you know what I mean? Like condoms used to be cool. Now it's a raw dog. Like it just Well, what changed. about what what all right, so let's talk about the game. You've been in for twelve years. Yeah. What was the biggest fucking mistake you made early? Paying fifty thousand dollars for a free software when I first started. I want you as a customer. Hey, this software is free, but it's fifty thousand dollars. Like, I'll take it. But like I just didn't know. So I wanted this like online education platform. This is before I was teaching. I was licensing um, these other courses to help people quit smoking with Paul actually uh, here. And um, there was this platform called Moodle where it allowed you to host courses. But think about it. If you don't know, and it's not Moodle, Moodle didn't make it. Yeah. But if, if you. If, I, I've if, never if, even heard of that. Shit. <laughs> Moodle, Moodle. I think it was big in Australia. But like if you, if you don't know anything about like building websites, et cetera. You usually just believe the first person that catches you, right? They tell you about the industry. You think that's what it is. So anyways, there was these sick website designers. And they're like, yeah, we can do Moodle, but it's going to end up costing you all this money. And I realized they were charging me not for the platform, which was free. It's just to actually take the time to customize it. But like, if I knew that, I could have fucking customized You know what I mean? So when I figured that out, like later, a couple years later, I was just like, Damn. man, my arrogance, you know? My arrogance and my ignorance Dude, really. How the hell did you get me. 50 G's? You were making it, you were paying them over time, you were making it, and then. I mean, them? I, friend selling drugs. <laughs> yes, I do. What, like, what game are you running? You know, like, um, Bill, Billy was always a hustler. Nah, I mean, you know. I sold drugs. I mean, I'm, like, I mean, it's, it is. Yeah, I mean, like, I, way to start. I, I, I didn't. I, w- I was the homie that. You learn you a know, lot. I was. I was the the quote like smart homie. It was like, oh, you know, this Billy, he stays clean, he's on his shit. But when people have money and they wanted to do something with it, you know, they, hey, what can we, what can we do here? You know. So, so they would make it and come to you and say, how do we, how do we, what, what else can we get into? Is that what you're saying? I don't know where they got the money. Maybe I'm just making that up. Who knows? But supposedly there's, you know. Anyways, I got money, and I got a little bit, and that's where. I w- I was never a good drug dealer because I yeah. used drugs. <laughs> which is always a problem. Yeah, you it's, smoke it's your work. own weed. You're like, this is not going well. Yeah, I mean, I so I just use like honestly, like friends and family type of shit, like to get the money. And I, 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 dumb- I literally blew it all B- on that. Billy, website. I flew pre 9 11, obviously flew to Kansas <laughs> with a book of acid. Why were you going? You to know what Kansas? a fucking book no, is? Stop. That's a hundred sheets. Wait, first of all, first you got to educate me on that. But why are you going to Kansas? Dude, my best friend at the time, his mom lived in Kansas, and he was like, "Yo, you want to go to Kansas?" And I'm like, "Fuck it, all right." Wait, a hundred sheets? How does that work? He goes, he goes, bring some, bring some acid, and I, I was like, "All right, I bring." I did. I wasn't thinking. I was a dumbass kid. Yeah, I I think I was fifteen, sixteen, and I had, I had a plug that had all kinds of shit. Wait, what is a hundred sheets of acid? What does that? So I had microdots. I had a hundred. So, so acid comes on a little piece like it's like a little square right and it's liquid that they put on a on 
a certain type of paper. Gotcha. And it soaks into the paper, and then you just put it on your mouth, and then it dissolves, right? Ah. And one one little square, okay? Do people put it in water and it dissolves in no, water? No, no, no. You just put it in your mouth. Okay. Okay. Pause. One sheet has 100 squares on it. Oh, shit. A book has 100 sheets. Oh, my God. How so, much does that cost? I don't even fucking remember. What's the resale market value? No, it was a lot. I don't remember. How did you get that? I don't remember. Yeah, I was Wait. I was selling a lot of drugs at the oh, time. Oh, you were selling. Okay, got I was it. selling. I was selling. I, so, so I started. How much with money were you making? A, enough to party. Wait, I mean, how? Like, really? No, though, I was never. You're rich. No, not that. I mean, I was. I had money, but yeah. I wasn't like balling out. But I also wasn't. Yeah, mainly weed. Yeah, the, the acid thing was like a random, like one off mm-hmm. type thing. But literally, this is how bad of a drug dealer I am. I went to Kansas and I gave it to everybody. <laughs> I didn't even sell it. I was just like, dude. And like half this, this town was like, this town was like literally like a thousand people strong. <laughs> like half of them were high. It was fucking great. And we were standing there and, and there was this, this kid named Bucky who was my friend, Brian's friend. And I'm saying, Bucky's like, we got to go outside. And he like started tripping. And so he ran outside and I'm, I chased after him. I don't know why. And I'm standing outside. It was just about to go dark and there's fucking sheep and like ducks crossing the road and like all this wild shit and and i'm looking around and i'm like oh my god half the town's walking around all fucking loop wait okay hold on let me ask you this um this is a true story and it was i'm gonna parlay off that so a lot of caucasian you know i found like so you know i'm writing my book uh rich white people's secrets a black man's guide to his first million plug um but what is up with this fascination of white dudes loving drugs when they're successful so you're like poor like i understand poor white guys doing drugs and selling it, et cetera, or getting into the game or any color for that matter. But there's this overwhelming trend of, I don't want to say they're bored as fuck. I don't want to say they just have, like, it just, like, I don't know. I don't understand it. But there's this obsession and I see it. Well, I I don't want to say most because that would be stereotyping, but most successful white guys. We we like to stereotype on the Lemon Buster Show. 100%, yes. Most successful white guys love to dabble with either Iowa, Oscar, how the fuck I say it, <laughs> LSD, mushrooms. Well, that's, a whole, that's a whole. <laughs> that's, but I, I'm that's just a whole other. What's that's, that's more spiritual? I think there. That's 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 for a different journey. Is it? Is it? Or is that have the marketing? Is that ha, the marketing? Ha, of it? Have you ever done acid? No, that's what I'm asking you. So, dude, it's the most creative, mind-bending, great thing that you can ever experience. Shrooms, acid, any. Any psychedelic like that? See, this is what I hear like, from the white like, people. So explain that. Yeah, me. it just I I used to think a certain way until I took shrooms. So help me, what does that mean tangibly? We got to do it, dude. We got to do not it. You got to do it. It won't happen. But tell, here's tell why. me about. Here's it. why. You're a creative dude. Yeah. There's another dimension. Yeah, I hear it, that, but it, I need it's, it's not explainable. break it down to me. It, if I everyone said says it, the same thing, you can't explain okay, it. You got to experience all right, all right, it. All right, hold on, Billy, Billy, Billy. What's it like to be black? <laughs> you got to experience. Yeah, it. Like you could never transfer. I mean, I, the true. But feeling. I can tell you examples I of mean, it. Some adjectives, you or know, some shit, like, but like, it's yeah. not going to resonate with me until you experience it. But like, it's yeah. I guess it's hard for me to understand. So my thing is this: is I don't deny the benefits because it's overwhelming of how many people have shared that same breakdown that you just gave. Yeah. Okay, I get it. To me, see, like I just had a very different. Uh, introduction to drugs drugs when i was coming up it was like your uncle came over and was so fucked up it was like embarrassing and scary so like all the grandkids 54 of us mind you my mom was 113 
you know, little tiny house. Like, uncle comes over fucking tweaking out, doing weird shit, et cetera. You know, your mom comes, picks you up because you can't trust the aunts and uncles. I didn't get until I went to University of San Diego, which is 97% white school. And this was an all-white people thing, but it was. Um, and it became, party drugs uh, became a thing. That was new to me. Like, people are like, people are like, hey, man, you want to do some lines? I'm like, nah, do you guys know what that does? Like, I'm like, to me, I've seen such the yeah, bad side. It, it hurt I, the community. Well, hold on. And then, and then they always have the nerves. When I say they, I'm talking about white people. They always have the nerves to say something along the lines of, well, it only gets like that if you're an idiot. As if any alcoholic <laughs> or druggie ever started look, off. Like the, the, the people who always fall the hardest are the people who think they can just do it responsibly all the time. But I just want to understand, is it the, the consequence, potential consequence of it, worth the... No. Here's the thing. First off, for everybody listening, I don't do drugs anymore. <laughs> I, I, no, this is serious. Like, okay, I, okay, yeah. I was lucky. I started very, very young. I started smoking weed in seventh grade. Okay, right. So, started smoking weed. That that graduate, right? Like, you, yeah, yeah. you start smoking weed. Oh, what else is out there? And then you see some Coke and you try that. I was lucky. Every time I tried anything other than ecstasy, shrooms, acid, or weed. What else I, is there? Heroin? No, yeah, like <laughs> crystal meth, any of the hard shit, which I, I tried it all. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, I got really sick and mm. I didn't like it and I didn't like being out of control and I didn't like the way I felt and I didn't like the way I felt the next day. Mm. So I, I got lucky where I was able to like, just kind of say, that's not for me. Got it. But ecstasy and acid and shrooms and, and like ayahuasca, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you. it's a different experience. And what the only way I could probably explain it is it's a... It's a, uh, it's like putting gasoline on creativity. Mm. You start to look at things different. Like no doesn't mean no to me. Uh, like when you, when you take, um, shrooms, you see patterns and you realize that the chemicals in your brain, when they're released a certain way, changes your vision, changes your smell, changes your senses. And you start to think like, dude, there's gotta be aliens. Mm. There's got to be something. There's got to be God. There's See, this time I'm there. getting it. Like, now, there's got to be more because what I thought I knew isn't all of the tr the story. There's more story that I need to discover. And, and, and you just take it and the chemicals release and you realize, holy shit, that wall literally fucking moves. Why? How is that happening? Okay, so let me ask you this. So when I think about other dimensions, when I think about aliens, when I think about God, I'm like, dude, why can't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Which I like that. And I like that creative part. My, so something so great sounding, how do you go back to normal life after that? Well, I think it, I mean, yeah, I mean, like look, if any, it, anything in excess is bad, even money, everything, right. anything in excess can be bad. So I'm not a proponent of people doing hard drugs or lots of drugs, but I do think that, um, but this if, and this if, is if, where we get dangerous though. Like this is the part where I'm I think I get the most gray, which is that like Carmen, like, hey, anything in excess there, and everyone listening, they nod their head, of course. But at what point do we identify as this something that could have a really, really dark side? Like, I mean, or, or like this is the, this is the whole like why over, I'm just being you, respectful. You overworking is a dark side. You yeah, you, you excessing over anything has a dark side. Yeah, I agree. So that's why you shouldn't do it. So I mean, <laughs> like, so, but I, but should you be able to smoke a bowl and enjoy? enjoy I don't enjoy, smoke. I don't know. I don't know. Should should you, you be know? able to go on a uh, trip to Costa Rica I in a controlled I think, I environment? I think the worst one is alcohol. Oh, one hundred percent. And I fucking love it. 
Like, I get it. But my thing is, like, I know that's a vice. I'm not if trying to ever, add more. If you ever want to hang out with Billy, <laughs> yeah. just bring a case of Truly. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, I would whatever add reason, more. All right, so going that, that's back the to most, investing. That's the most manly drink. Oh, my God. I, I, <laughs> Why I told you, I went to school with a bunch of basic white girls. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I'm going to let you get right back to the episode. But I wanted to share with you something real quick that I think is going to help your business in a major way. A few years ago, I started a real estate mastermind, and we call ourselves the Avengers. It's an experiential mastermind. There's about 175 members. They're all super high level. They're all gaining skills and capabilities. Networking is off the charts. So if you're looking to get plugged into something that's going to really lift your business up in a major way, check out Join Avengers mastermind.com watch the video that's on there read all the information and see if getting plugged into a mastermind would be right for you that's join avengers mastermind.com how did you make your first million did you do one thing over and over rinse and repeat and just just yeah, put was, the blinders on and, and just over a year or two years yeah you i just don't dominate i didn't like or were you, know, you side it wasn't like it wasn't there no it wasn't draft day where there's just a million dollar check i probably paused because it's like you know look and just like oh there's a million bucks right um i just kept selling yeah i was just selling agency shit straight up and when i i my thing is that my timing in the facebook game was early um I just knew how to make Facebook works to get customers. Did, did Facebook make you a millionaire? Yes. Damn. Yes, hundred percent. That's a good question. Yes. All right. So, so running ads on Facebook. That's it. And then I ran an ad for myself. Honestly, if I'm being really specific, I ran an ad for myself showing a case study that I did on a video on my cell phone that I edited, that I got the tripod for, that I did everything for. And how did I learn how to do those things? Fucking googling. And luckily, people put up great content for me to learn from. Notice, I didn't say I was self-taught. Someone else put out content that I learned from, and I learned from them. So shout out to all those people. But then I, I ran this campaign that said, hey, here's what I did for Facebook ads for this client. If you want me to do the same for you, click the button below and get on my calendar. And that funnel. And you took the call. And I took the call. You closed the deal. I did everything. I've, every single person in my company, I've done their job. All of it. Every single one. And so I got a lead. And I remember the first day I ran that funnel, I made 10000 bucks the next day. And I just kept repeating. I kept repeating, and then that turned into some dope franchises like Orange Theory Fitness and did like 300 of their locations. That turned into Massage Envy. That turned into uh, like a Kia dealership here in San Diego, a Dave & Buster's, everything. I kept doing agency stuff for years. People wanted me to teach them, and one, I do some one, coaching consulting on the side. One success opened up another door. That was it. But it was all the same thing. The, the request changed, though. Some people, I remember one of the Orange Theory Fitness owners was like, hey, man, do you mind just show me how to do what you do? And I'm like, kind of, motherfucker. This is how yeah, I do it. That's I my secret do, sauce. I yeah. kind of do mine. You know, then he threw money at me, which I think was like uh, like $1,000 for an hour. And I said, what? You'll pay me $1,000 to show you? I'll suck a dick too. Hop on the phone. Let's go. Right and then. then I sucked Billy Jean is marketing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the business is born. But I, I learned. I was like, oh, that's consulting. So I got in consulting because someone asked me to do it. And then someone said, do you have a course? I'm like, no. And he's like, oh. Because I have a bunch of people who would buy it. I made a course. Now I had a course. And I actually hated education in the beginning because I was like, I just want to do the agency shit. I don't want to deal with none of this nonsense. So for many years, probably about four or five, I just got good at my skill set, which is really backwards for people because most people don't want to get a skill set first. And then uh, I remember my boy, Mike Cooch, was like, hey, will you do a webinar for my people? <laughs> his, name, his last name is Cooch. And he's one of the dopest business it people there. It sounded like you said Mike Cooch. Oh, no, Mike Cooch. But it does sound That's like That's some it. shit like my son would call in and be like, uh, to <laughs> the Mike airport. Uh, yeah, we need to page Mike Cooch. <laughs> he's, so, yes, I call him and he's like, yo, 
will you do a webinar for my people and show them what you're doing? They have agencies. And you're like, and I said, yeah. And then I made an offer at the end and we made 83,000 bucks in that hour. And I said, now you're on. Now you get it. I, I, once it hit, I said, let's go. But then also something else happened is in the agency, you know, there's some dope things about it that I always love. And that's why I always probably have it as part of my arsenal. But people weren't as appreciative for some reason when you do it for them. There were times. But when you taught someone the skill set, I'd get these fucking Facebook messages like, yo, this changed my life. Da, da, da. And I'm like, wow. Well, that's cool because I made a lot of money too. And you're winning. Oh, we got a win-win here where we're both on top. Okay, let me do this webinar shit again. And the next thing you know, 100, well, well, 160,000 students, 75 think, countries. Think about this. The I think the average American makes around 40 grand a year. Mm-hmm. You teach them how to make an extra G. Life-changing. Right out of the, dude, one G. Yep. Life-changing. You were like, I made $83,000 in, in an hour. To them, one G changes everything. I mean, They're like, oh my God, I could do this again? Mm. So it's not it's not like the bar was like no. 83 grand. It's like, teach me how to make a thousand extra dollars a month. Once they figure that out, it's like, oh, I could do that. I can ma- maybe make two. I can maybe make five. Mm. And I remember on my real estate come up, I wrote, I was at the time a bookkeeper making 34 or 36,000, I forget, per year. And I put on my wall, if I could just make $4,000 a month consistently wholesaling Mm. houses, Mm. that's like my my heaven, my my freedom. I can quit booking, do real estate full-time. Can you imagine? If only I can make four grand a month. Mm. That was was where I first set the the first bar. And now it's your Lambo payment. (laughs) Dude, there is there is a conversation. Hey, you want to tell Dan to come in here? Yeah, there is a conversation around perception of money. We'll get to that here in a second. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was it was a power move for you to help people create those win wins. But yeah. now, now here's the thing: I've watched you scale this business, and yeah. we've been lucky enough to be friends as you've been growing this empire, hiring, training, new divisions, mm-hmm. new 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 offers, new uh, just all, all these new ideas. What was some of the mistakes you made in the first few years besides the $50,000 software? Like, what? Like, have you ever lost a million dollars? Have you ever spent money on something? Like, literally big Bro, money and I mean, it failed. Have you been sued? Have you? Let's ha- talk about all of that. I, yeah, right. just hit us with some of the real, real shit. Real quick. I'll, I'll hit you with that real shit. But I want to circle back real quick to seeing that content of what was possible, like another 4000 I'll never forget. I was online and I saw this interview with Frank Kern and Tony Robbins. And Frank Kern was with somebody who was talking about they did a million-dollar launch. And I remember just obsessing about that moment. Oh, my God. These motherfuckers made a million dollars. I was beside myself. And that really blazed the fucking path. Now, fast-forwarding, yes, you know, we've made sales and shit and had a million bucks, et cetera. I think my best day was, like, in the account. We made 365 grand on that day. And then 225 the next day. But you want to hear the crazy thing is it was the least amount of work that I ever had to put forward because it was when we did a blowout sale on our courses. And literally it was, here's an email with, mind you, seven years of gangster shit. It was the best fucking value that's on the internet still today probably. But it was, I remember sitting in my couch, Vince Reed came over and we were posted up. I was like, nigga, I just made half a milli. I've been playing Xbox all day, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all fucking day. We just been playing Xbox like a motherfucker. And it broke my brain. 
in in some ways bad. But it broke yeah, my brain. Yeah, how do you bounce back from that? What was hard to bounce back from is not the amount, right? I could find ways to invest, spend the money in a second. The the hard part was the how. It was the email for dollars. Simple. But the part, like now it's like, someone asked me to speak for in London, 40 grand. And I'm like, no, I got to go across the fucking sea. I got to fucking pay for my team. I'm going to stay in a bougie place. Like I broke it down. I was like, nah, no, because everything is compared now to, you got a new bar. I sent an email and got money. Now it's like, Hey Billy, hundred grand. Will you build out this campaign for you? No, <laughs> no, I won't. Like, you know, like it doesn't because it broke my brain of how I make money in the same way. When my fucking buddy, Ryan Warnock, Ryan Emerson Warnock, shout out to my guy, asked me to work at the cafeteria with him when we were at the University of San Diego, I said no because it was $8 an hour. But I only said no because the previous summer, I made 20 grand in three months selling cars. So I said, you want me to go serve people fucking sandwiches and fucking jack them on with mayo or whatever that process entails when I can go to the car lot and I can get a 2G commission? It broke my brain. And those micro wins, I think everybody needs to obsess with. It's not the million dollar shot that you need. It, it needs to be just the one piece of cash where you enjoyed earning it so much, you're forever just on that mission to go. That's why I love real estate. So yeah, and I've never had, and that's where, like, all right. you guys imagine me, like, and going back to the investing in real estate. Imagine you know, me having all these real estate friends and never doing it because I have never had that moment Cody has, and it still puts fear into my soul. So, you know, you know, Billy, in the last like 10 or 15 minutes, I'm just going to fillet you for not being, putting your money to work. Because one do. thing that you're great at, you're great at making money. You make making money fun. You are creative. You're, you're a great storyteller. You're, you know, you produce at the highest levels. Um, I see you make a lot of money. And then I told you from very early on, I said, Billy, I, I'm just a few years ahead of you on the education mm -hmm. train. I see the movie already playing out for you. You did. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna blow this office up. You're gonna hire all these people. You're gonna want more. You're gonna expand. Always expansion. Always more. And the challenge with the education world is more isn't equaling happiness. That's true. And and uh, so I just started harping on you. You got to invest. You got to invest some of this money. You got to start putting money in real estate. Uh, before I yell at you. For the for the for the not investing part of it, let's talk about some of the fun shit you did buy, because I think it is cool. Okay, because okay. you got your license plate says I'm black. It does. It does. What do you mean by that? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I can say nigga. Yeah, I mean, like that's what, um, was that no, was that already I, taken? That's what it, <laughs> you gotta put it on plates. Um, no, nah, I mean it was because, like I said, you know, Southeast San Diego you never saw a Lambo. I'd never seen a Lambo before or like anything like it. And, you know, in Southeast San Diego, you know, Paul tell you, or like you're Mexican, you're black, or you're Paul. Which is one of the white boy that was with everybody who, who wasn't. And you just never saw, Dan, you know, Southeast San Diego, like you, you just never saw. What was that moment like for you to, to go to the dealership and pick that up? Um, it was fucking amazing, but I got the plates because I just wanted to show people that it was possible. Like when they were drawing it, like I, like it was either I'm black or I'm not an old white guy. 
but that didn't fit on the plates. It was too many letters. So I had to go when I'm black. I just want to let people know. And even now when I drive my shit, I still get people will follow me. It's dangerous. Follow me and honk and have to weigh me down. I'm like, bitch, if you don't pay attention to the road, but I get it. I appreciate the love. Like it really is a symbol, but a lot of people don't get that because they seen this stuff where they're like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. It shouldn't matter because it was unattainable. It was a milestone. So when I first got my first nice car, I think it was a Bentley. Uh, it was the greatest thing ever. You know? Who was the first person you showed it to? I drove to my dad's house. I, I got it on camera. I put it in an ad and it killed it. And it still kills it today. And this was years I ago. I love that. Um, but uh, my dad was like, whoa, you know, because for him, it's like he grew up in that. I got lucky. My parents took me out of that. But my dad grew up in that. So he's like, my son is the one coming out, you know, on, on some game. Like, this is crazy. So it was the inspiration, the milestone. So it was fucking phenomenal. And it was addiction. And then I got a fucking Bentley. And then I got a fucking Tesla with the little SUV one with the doors came up, a spaceship. And that motherfucker drives itself. That was just cool to have. And then I got a Ferrari to California. And then as you start making more money, you realize like you got the weakest Ferrari in you, the game. You called me and said, I'm about to buy this Ferrari. Should I get it? Yeah, I did. What, what did I tell you? You probably said no and yes at the same time. <laughs> I said no. That's the dumbest money, and it's a whack ass Ferrari. But yes, <laughs> you, you should get it because that yeah. shit sounds fun. <laughs> That's exactly what it was, right? It was stupid, but also too, I will tell you. Like then got the Lambos. I had a white one, a black one. Um, but I will tell you guys this. Now here I am, thirty three. You're an equal been, opportunity Lambo driver. I am. Is I don't get a saying? white one because I don't want to be completely racist, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I I had to think. Like now, 33, my actually, you know how like these cars, no one can find them right now because the car shortage and all that. Dealership calls me and asks me to buy for like 30 over. They're like, yeah, we'll pay it off for they, you. They want to buy it back? Yes. Like, and I'll just give you a 30 grand check to take it. I almost did it. I, I literally said yes. And I was playing on my headset with my cousin and we were playing mad. And he goes, cuz, next time you pull out and you go somewhere and you don't have your lemon, how mad are you going to be? I'm like, I'm going to be pissed. And he's like, Call that nigga back right now. So I call him back. I was like, I'm done. And he was already driving down. I lived, this just happened like a couple months ago. And it was, it was true. Like I, but the thing is, is I live, you know, I live down the street from my fucking office. I never drive. These things are officially a waste of money. Like, you, and you, 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 I don't know if you should sell it to the dealership, but you should, for more. you should sell it right now. Cause you can't get more. Mm -hmm. I did the opposite. I buy Lambos and then I sell them for a hundred thousand dollar loss. <laughs> That's how good I am at buying cars. So I'm done with that shit. I, I, no, seriously. I bought I, I bought my first one. Then I put $100,000 worth of exhaust, accessory, all this engine tuning, yeah. all this shit. Drove it, put it in all the ads. I made a fortune. Yeah. Off. I mean, I made money. But then when Same. I sold it, you know, it I went think, down. But it watch went this. Down how much grand. did it help your ads? We both put our Lambos in ads. Oh, it smashed. It I made I made millions. Yep. I mean, it it definitely paid for itself. But then the 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 Performante I bought new, which which was the mistake. Ah, and then you got and, fucked. And I, I really fucked because I sold it in 2019 when mm -hmm. all that shit was going down with China. Yeah. And I said, I said, I, I mean, I, 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 I guy, said some racist things. That was the most China, racist China. comment of the day, I just, though. I just, <laughs> I just like the way, you know, I don't want Trump back per se, but I do like the way he says China. It's just right. fucked up. Wait, okay, hold on. You, like, you, you know what I want to really? point out about the cars? And I just want to go on record of saying this is right now, you know, you have this person who has, this is not living to their potential in life, barely getting by. And their favorite comment to a millionaire is to say a billionaire would never buy a Lambo. But what I want to point out to everyone is one, that's a fuckboy on the sidelines commenting about other people. It's the lowest <laughs> form of humanity. You're talking about other people and you're not a doer. You're a talker. There's that. 
But then the second component is the reason why these people don't buy Lambos, the billionaires, isn't because they're on some high horse of I'm Warren Buffett and I still drive my Saturn. It's because everybody caters to who they respect. Billionaires respect other billionaires. And since they can all buy a fucking Lambo, nobody cares. So instead, they stretch their dicks by buying $45 million private jets. Or islands. Which is the, or fucking islands. Or let's race to space because I'm that fucking rich and bored. So everyone suck a dick as if anyone's righteous enough to not. But a Lambo, they're just peers don't respect it. And also, too, what happens is people have been there, done that. You're forgetting the part is they age. Having a Lambo in your 40s is not as fun as it is in your 20s when everybody's going to the club and you want to pull up and stun on hoes. That shit's fun. But when you're 40, you're like, you're you're fucking got your kids and shit. And like people are like, what are you doing? They could grow up. So the peer group you respect doesn't do it anymore. It's not because you're so fucking wise. It's just not cool. Mm. Just nobody does not cool things. So here I am coming up to the point of like, all right, this 33 Lambo shit was pretty cool. But my peer group, they got Lambos and it's not that cool anymore. It doesn't tickle my balls the same way it used you, to. You should sell it for <laughs> sure. If you can make money. I sold right in 2019. It's rare. It's a word a time in history. beat me up. A little bit. I sold it at 100 grand loss total, 100 yeah. grand. I thought I was actually smart for dumping it right before coronavirus hit. I sold oh. all my commercial, all my real estate, got cash heavy, sat on the sidelines, and everything went up. Ooh. How did that feel? Uh, you know, because I'm, that, I'm, that I'm part older. Would have been I'm plus older. One. So look, look, I'm in my 40s. That's a plus 130 swing. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm in my 40s. I went through the real estate crash in 2008. I've watched a, a lot of my friends get put out of business, lose everything. I made tens of millions of dollars when it crashed, buying assets from people who fucked up. Wow. So I I was like, dude, worst case scenario, I'm I'm cash heavy. I could buy back in. It's it's gonna be okay. I you know, but if I nail this, the market's gonna tank. I'm gonna buy all these cheap assets. Everything went up. No, I couldn't. I, if you would have asked me on uh, in uh, February of 2020 what's going to happen, I would have said the world's going to crash. Mm. I think I put out a YouTube Never video. It, it got a ton of views, and and I was wrong. It, it aged very well. <laughs> Everything <laughs> went up. The good news is I, I bought back in. So you think I should sell both Lambos right now? Yes. It's the only, and here's why. It's the only here's time why. I've ever seen a car appreciate. A absolutely, you should. And, and look, I'm, I'm trying to sell this watch right now. I'm trying to sell everything. I, oh, for what? Because I'm on this bender right now. It's it's like, dude. Oh, your Airbnbs. Everybody's telling you the path. You're just not listening. That's true. Everybody's telling you it's all about cash flow. Listen to Grant Cardone right yeah. now. This guy's fucking skyrocketing to billion dollar hood right before our eyes. We were talking about a deal yesterday. Buying hundreds of millions of dollars worth of assets every couple months. Like it's ridiculous how good. He's either the fucking genius mm -hmm. or he's going to jail. One of those two things. Right. Right. Because like he's so good at leveraging other people's money and, and, and buying assets. But what I love about real estate, and this is me just talking to you for the hundredth time, but now on air, if you don't buy real estate, you're paying way too much in taxes. You're what you are in, you're in the earned income bucket mm -hmm. that, and you're making a killing and you're always going to make a killing because you're great at making money. But but you're getting fucked. That's true. You're getting, and you're never going to be wealthy, Billy. 
So nobody's going to buy Billie Jean as marketing. I'm not against, but this is the thing. I'm not against investing. Let's let's make that different, right? Like I also like partnered in three different companies, right? That I have ownership in. I do have, I think, a quarter of a million bucks in real estate that I'm, I don't. I don't even know what, what's happening with it. But I do, I do believe you're thinking in, too small. Hold dude. on, hold on. Let me. You're let thinking me too small. Ten exit. I do believe in it, but exactly, I believe the last part of what you said. Ten exit, hundred exit. At the same time, you talked about how Facebook. My timing was early when when I got into Facebook. Every motherfucker on the planet said, "Don't do that." To me. I think real estate is great. And from a tax purpose, I want to do it. That's why I tried to buy our building, but they want too much fucking money for it. But for a shelter, commercial real estate, so I'm about that life. However, when I'm so close to people, I'm watching them, looking at their accounts, making tens of millions of dollars in crypto and NFTs. Real estate sounds like I would rather suck 10 dicks at the same time. No, I get it. All in the same, I want to talk it, like this because it's that's old. how, it's, no, old it's, not, it's not old school. I think it's not just old school. It's like, is it, would here, I regret here, in 10 years? Like, oh my God, I had an opportunity to invest, but here I am getting returns 10 years later at fucking 5% jerk off when I could have just been a little ballsy dude, and took a why, shot. Why would you get 5% returns in real estate? I'm just talking shit. Yeah. But. Look, look, if you know what you're doing, first off, it's not an either or. No, that's It's fair. not an either or. It's not like you can only that's do fair. crypto or only that's NFTs fair. or only real estate. Look, here's what I'll tell you about real estate. And I, I'm really nerding out on NFTs right now yeah. in, in the metaverse. I think it's phenomenal one thing that we know for sure that's future-proof is people will always need a place to live. Yeah, I like that. And they will pay for it. Whether it's in crypto can or I, whether it's I in cash, one doesn't matter. They will pay for a place to live. Okay. Okay. And there are certain strategies in the real estate space where you can magnify your cash flow, right? Multifamily being one of them. Instead of buying one door, you buy a bunch of doors. Um, Airbnbs. This new technology came out and made real estate rental game cool again, right? Right? Real estate's cool again. If you think about it, you should own some cash-flowing assets. It doesn't have to be just multifamily or just Airbnbs or just NFT. You just, dude, I don't even care if you buy a fucking jet and you get forced depreciation, write it all off. Now you're a badass entrepreneur with a jet and then you put it into service and you make 30 grand a month on it. Yeah. But you get a year or two of tax-free. You need to be thinking about I assets agree. that are that are working for you while you're still doing all this cool shit that you do. Because mm -hmm. you're going to continue. I'm telling you, Billy, you, every day that goes by, you're missing your moment where you can just sit around and play fucking video games and <laughs> never, ever, ever think or worry I, I about any you. of this I'm, shit. I, I agree and I need to be better than that and will. I 100% all agree right. with that. Is that my commitment? Yeah, it's your commitment uh, for sure. I just, I like for me, I just need to set the percentage of money I put in every month and not think about it. Like I, but but also too, I got he's making. First of all, y'all, let me pause. Here's the part that Cody's leaving out. I called last year and said, Cody, let me send you fucking fifty, a hundred grand right now. This second, I said, just go do something with it. I don't give a fuck. Cody never called me. That's not true. You 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 put it in with Grant. I did, but I told you I, I was know. giving you hundred grand too. I know, and I'm, I'm. Look, I just bought a lot in Sedona. We're gonna build a. a Cody's get, making no, moves get, and not get, bringing, get, taking get, his boys' money. Look, get your checkbook out. Gosh, get your checkbook out. We'll do a deal. I want yeah, to now. Now we'll do a deal. No, I, I want to do a deal. To get the problem deal. is, I got too many people throwing money at me. So you, you, I saw you did it with Grant, and I was like, all right, pause. Oh fuck you! I'm, I'm thinking of like the. Here's where I believe my mechanism machine is going to happen. 
I'm a big time gamer and into tech. Like that was my first come up. I believe my thing is going to happen in virtual reality. There's a part of me that's on sideline for obsessing about VR and going all in. To me, like like a trend that I thought was easy to spot in my eyes because I was so into it was when Facebook went public. I just didn't know enough about the stock market to take advantage of it in the way that I did. Peloton, when it came out, I had it on IPO. Um, Facebook, uh, even in the stock market when it did all this shit, I had fucking all kinds of fucking shit. I had a Wayfair. I had literally like eight stocks that like all fucking four, five, six, seven decks like solved the trends because that's my thing, business and tech. I didn't have the discipline in the stock market to understand the game and what to do with it. I had to learn that game. But I did learn that skill. I'm learning the game of crypto. I don't have a ton of money in it, but I'm playing with it, surrounding myself with guys. So I'm learning the game. So I, as, as we're listening, I'm not being a complete you're, you're, fuck. You're, 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 you're explaining way too fuck. much right now. Nobody listening cares about. Fuck you. Just invest I'm more saying, money. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's the end fuck. result. All right. So a couple quick questions before we end. <laughs> All right. What, what are you scared of? No one listening cares. Nobody cares. That was, that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> what are you scared of, Billy? <sighs> Something happened to my kid. Straight up. Or someone I love. Straight up. It's the only thing I'm really scared about. Honestly. To be real, and this is probably to a, to a fault, if I did lose everything, I really wouldn't care. That's how it started, too. i just go work and figure it out. That doesn't scare me. What scares me, something happened to someone I love. Death-defying. Yeah. I think about it like eight, 80 times a day. You ever lost anybody super close to you? A whole bunch. A whole yeah. bunch. Uncles, grandpa, you, you, all grandparents. Like No, but I mean like, like best friends. My investor. It, it, the it, one I told my investor, like one of my investors, my first investor, died. Overdose. Damn. Dude, I've made it to 44 and not one person that's been super close to me has passed away. That is crazy. I have no idea how I pulled it off this long. Yeah, that may be all it means is you're fucked. My my mom has cancer. Shit. My dad has some medical shit that he's dealing with right now. And I think about it all the time. Mm. And I'm always, I'm just waiting. Like when I get a call early, early morning from my dad, I like my insides recoil. I yeah. just, I freak out because I know it's coming and I just can't fathom. Let me ask you a dark, that, dark question. Let's say it happened right now. Yeah. How would it impact you? I don't know. Cause I've never experienced anybody close to me dying, but. You think you would work as much? I don't. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm fucking narcissistic and a f- <laughs> I'm, I'm a freak and I'm a machine. Like, like I, I no, seriously, that's real. Like this, that's real. I would okay, hide. I think I would hide in mm. the work. I, I think work for me is definitely a place I go where I feel in more in control. That I hide from a lot of the other bullshit that mm. I I stress about. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. What are, let's end with something super positive so we don't just have no, everybody I fucking like dark, hate this podcast. Yeah, I, I kind of um, like, maybe that's what this podcast does. It's like, look, every episode we promise you, you will feel like shit. Whether it's about <laughs> your finances or losing someone, is, then go listen to something else to feel good. But. Just me yelling at guests, like, <laughs> yeah. why aren't you investing? Buy real yeah, estate. Fuck face. Fucking bozo, sell your Lambo. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, start, we started some stories I, and we got no, sidetracked, but. I think, I think the positive. We're, we're going to have to have you back is, on. Okay, I, I was. I'll, I can wrap it up with a subject I think is valuable on here. Drop some knowledge on some people. Yeah, yeah I'll put some G- game. G- give some game. Because I haven't taught you guys shit so far. Maybe indirectly. Um, is investing is sexy. Investing is sexy because it implicitly implies don't do anything and make money. Fair enough. But I want to remind everybody 
it's a risk, but don't do anything to make money, right? Passive income, that's the buzzword that everybody uses. I just want to remind everyone, in order to do that, you have to make money first. And the fundamentals of making money are almost always, not exclusively, but almost always, having a unique skill set. My unique skill set to make money started off with being a Facebook ads guy when not a lot of people were talking about Facebook ads guy. And honestly, it's still undervalued and underrated. That's just facts. So there's one. Cody's, as he was talking about, he had a few. One of them was bookkeeping. Like he kind of slided it a little bit, but the truth is making 36,000 bucks then was probably more like making 52,000 bucks now and is really solid for where he was at. But if he didn't know how to bookkeep, he could not have gotten that opportunity. When he got into real estate, he lost a whole bunch of money for years trying to acquire the skill set. Every successful person you talk to at least had an event where they learned the game of making money if they didn't come from it, right? If you come from money, then you get really good at multiplying money. Like shout out to Gary Vee. He talks about money all the time. He's a good multiplier of money. Because he started off with this $3 million dad's company. That doesn't, that's no slide against him. That's where he's at. But if you're coming from zero and you need to like figure it out where you're like, how do I make a hundred bucks? It probably is because you lack skill sets and you can't solve any unique problems. The more unique problems you can solve, you can always make money. Doctors will always be paid because somebody will always need something to revive them and make them live longer. What problems can you solve? And if you can't, that means it's time to make only one investment. And that is into here. You got to be dope at something. And if you're not, and you just keep trying to invest and use the little bit of money that you have, you'll lose. Or you won't be patient enough or you'll be too emotional about your cash. So you need to know the art of generating money before you do anything. That was, uh, Dude, that, you nailed that. Thanks. Well, that's always step one. Step yeah. one, develop a skill, work your ass off. I, I People drive me crazy when, they're, when they just don't want to put in the work. Yeah. You know, they're like, how do I make $100,000? It's not that fucking hard. Skill. Nowadays, skill. technology, it's not hard. Well, the second but, but they're not it, willing to actually do what no. it takes to do it. They just they. But then there's a second component, and this is the one that people really aren't willing to do. What live below their means? Well, there's that. But there's there's one is a skill, okay. But the second part is everybody knows broke artists, and they're very skilled because they didn't learn how to sell. So you need to know your skill. But if you want to make money, you need to know how to sell. And then the trifecta where you're really financially free is you know how to generate leads so that you can sell to more people. That is what happened to me. And that is my greatest skill set, which is probably why um, I'm a little bit more riskier in regards to growing my business, investing my business, because I really understand that art. Um, but yeah. Crushed it. Investor help. I'm, I'm going to have to have you back on. We got a lot more to talk about. Some yeah. more shit to talk. And side note, me and Cody were supposed to do a podcast called War on the Web, where we just argue about shit all the time. So I think we still should. I do, agree. Do, it's. It, I think. I, I think it's. Uh, I think there. I need reasons to come back to San Diego. It's the best city in the world. Hey, thank you, Billy Jean. Is marketing. If you guys aren't following Billy Jean, how do they? How do they connect with you? Uh, just follow me on Instagram. Send me a dick pic or something. At Billy Jean is marketing. Yeah, at Billy Jean is marketing. I uh, keep following Cody. Guy knows his shit. He's the guy I call for a lot of advice. And then I listen to about six percent of it. Boom. Later, guys. All right. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Till next time. Take care. Comb your hair. We're out.